You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. Short Shift Podcast, back for another one. What is this, episode 86? Episode 86. 86. This is the closest to full health that this podcast has been in fucking weeks. I did not come back with COVID. I came back with some sort of other uh, viral infection that's been knocking me on my ass for days. Super COVID. Super you COVID. declared, you declared right before you went to Paris that you were gonna go, you were gonna go to Paris and pick up a new strain of something. I got something, and but I got it like kind of before I left, like the weekend before I left. It started feeling like dog shit, and it just kind of never went away. So I powered through, and then I got back home, and I just collapsed. But here I am, sitting in the basement recording this podcast, still sweating my ass off ready to talk some hockey, ready to talk about a cold sport. Boys, how's it been going for the last couple of weeks? Oh God, it's been going. Can hockey come back yet? I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm busy all the time and I'm tired and I work too much, but also I'm bored. Can hockey come back? Yeah. Yeah. This is the true, this is the true dog days of summer right now. Um, where, you know, we're just, we're, we're scraping the barrel for content. I mean, it was kind of a blessing in disguise that we haven't recorded for two weeks. Uh, I mean, looking at the itinerary, we have plenty to talk about. Yeah, but that's after two weeks of nothing or two and, a, two and a half now. That's fair. Yeah. So. I want to know who put this itinerary together right off the bat, because one of the first things we're going to talk about is per Jimmy Murphy. Craig Smith is on the chopping block to be dealt per Jimmy Murphy. Is this is this is where we're going? We're going to start using him as a, as a strong reference on this to be podcast. fair to be fair at the ve- at right after i said per jimmy murphy i put in a hearty lol you did you did the problem with jimmy murphy other than the fact that it's jimmy murphy just stop right there you're you're done is he has had a rough like six months of talking about the bruins because it feels like everything that's come out of his mouth has just gone wrong it really does well, his latest one is that he reported, and I use the word reported very loosely when it comes to Jimmy Murphy, that there have been high-level talks regarding Craig Smith to the point where Sweeney, where Sweeney was submitted an offer and he turned it down. Now, let's pretend Jimmy Murphy isn't a bag of wind at all times. Let's take this at face value and for about maybe a minute, and then we can go back to laughing at Jimmy Murphy. Scale of one to 10, how dumb of an idea is this? I don't think it's that dumb of an idea. I think it's, I think it's something that's kind of been on the table. And to me, Jimmy Murphy, like saying this is per Jimmy Murphy. He's just somebody with somewhat of a name that's, that's putting his name to this. We've talked about Craig Smith as a possibility to go and Riley and like there's multiple players that are 
absolutely a possibility to go looking at the contract, looking at what the position is. I don't think this is like out of the realm of possibility. I, I, I really do. For me, you think it's out of the possibility? I, I don't. I think there's one, there's one path where Craig Smith gets traded. Uh, Fabian Leisel comes into camp, grabs Cam Neely by the nape of the neck and says, I'm not going to Providence, you son of a bitch, and then scores 10 goals in the preseason. I mean, if- Cam Neely could beat the shit out of Liesel. I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. Like, wait, <laughs> grabs him by the neck? Bold words. Bold words. Yes. Yeah. Here's well, why the, the Craig Smith thing isn't an issue to me. Because if he's the only move you can make that makes sense to create the cap space that we need, right? Because we do have to make a move. If you can't get anything for Riley and you'd have to give him away for free, if you can't get anything for Forbort, you'd have to give him away for free or worse, attach something. Mm -hmm. But you can get something for Smith in the last year of his contract. Now I like Smith. I've defended Smith. I think he's streaky, but I think he's a solid third line guy. You make that trade. If he's the guy that has to go, you trust that you have somebody who can slot in on that third line. There's a couple options. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lose my mind. If they give away Smith for nothing, I don't, like I don't see that as possibility. Like there you go. That, I think that's possible like giving him away for nothing makes no sense. So why would they pull that trigger? Exactly. That's, that's the has, only reason there's value to him. And that's, that's why I think it's possible that he does get moved. See, I, I, like, I see the path for Liesel, but in terms of what they need, what the Bruins need at the beginning of the season, there are other options for trade. You, uh, Ian, you mentioned Riley at the beginning of the season, there's an opportunity for somebody like Riley to up the, up the trade value, but I guess up his trade value before the reinforcements come back. But I guess you could actually, you could say that for Smith, if, if, if there is something, if we sell close down to Providence and he lights it up, um, if that happens, are you, are you, are you okay with giving Smith away for nothing? Or does there have to be something, have to be something? I, I just, I, I don't see the point right now in trading Craig Smith when there are more viable options on the table. No, what I'm saying is there's no reason to give away for nothing. The only reason you would make that trade is if you can't move Riley or Forbort for something, but you can move Smith for something. Mm -hmm. If you have guys that you think bring value to your team, but you'd have to move them just to clear cap space, I don't think Smith's value to this team is that much higher than those other guys right now, as it stands. Hmm. Who does, who replaces Smith in the lineup then in this scenario? I mean, you'd be hoping that Lee Sell could, um, you yeah, would so hope that Studnika could, mm-hmm. you Mine, would. My premise though is Studnika leave him at center. Lee Sell would rather see him have a full year in Providence to get acclimated to the pro game. I'm not acting like this is a perfect scenario. We're talking about a team that has to move some cap. Yeah. Right. But you can wait until November to do that. Sure. You can. Yeah. And I think, I I think ultimately, I think that's, what's going to end up happening. But I I guess I just, I just, I don't want, I I think there are better options. I think there are better options to move. And I, I think you can still get something from my Like whether it be a mid round draft pick for who, for for what do you mean for what do you mean for who? 
Like you're saying there's other options. Mike, Mike Riley. Okay. Uh, Mike Riley is the biggest one. Um, I've, I've heard Matt Grizzlick, but I don't think that's very likely. Matt Grizzlick, trying to do Matt Grizzlick makes this team worse. Yes, correct. Like 100%. Yes. It just doesn't, it makes zero sense to trade this guy right now. Smith is an option, but in the position that the team is in right now, I wouldn't want to see it. I'm, I'm going to be honest, out of, out, of, out of those guys, I think Smith has the most value in terms of him and Riley. I think he has the most value. We'll get an actual return for him. And I think he's the easier one to replace out of those. Uh, and, that, that said, I mean, we're going to see we're going to see some defensive shakeups to begin with. And Zaboral is, this is a massive year for Zaboral. So he oh, can yeah. make the defensive side of the puck uh, hurt a little bit less if we're going to be moving some bodies. But also, let's remember that, that Craig, Smith, Craig Smith is gone at the end of the year. Like, oh, yeah. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. But do you think Steen is gone? No, Steen is gone. I'm sorry. Do you think Steen can replace uh, Smith on the third line in that scenario? I mean, he's got a shot, but I think he's more of a fourth line guy. Same. Ian? Yeah, I, I'd say he has a shot. I mean, I wouldn't be that again. This is why I wouldn't be scared to lose Smith. I like him, but if you can't find trade value in the other two guys you want to move, Smith should be the guy that gets moved because I don't want to just give a player away for free right now. Like this team needs assets. Yep. Do you want to talk about some assets right now? Dude, yes. You, let's let's start with Lyso. I've actually got a voicemail we could jump on real quick. Yeah. Hey, what's up, boys? It's Sean here. I was just calling in because Faden Lysel looked absolutely incredible in these last three games. There's three points in those games. Um, but honestly, I don't think the points themselves are important. If you guys have seen the plays, he's been a facilitator out there on almost every single play and is giving opportunity for his linemates to score a lot. What do you think he has to do to make this Bruins lineup at least for five to ten games this season and truly make an impact? Because I can see him fitting in very well with that top six with how well he's been playing out there. Like I said, just facilitating plays. His passing is, is very, very high. Um, but yeah, just would love to know what you guys think. Bye. Josh, right? That was that was the name? Sean. 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 Man, I have a, I am deaf. Sean. He, I would push back a little bit on that he looked like incredible. Uh, he looked very good to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. he has a, a great IQ um, with the with the puck on his stick. Made a couple of unbelievable individual plays. There the were rest. moments that were unbelievable. There yeah. really were. The rest of the time. Mm. I would be surprised if he didn't get five games this year, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think they would have him spend a little bit of time up top, especially early in the season. It's possible if he has a good camp. Um this is this is the year that everyone's like he's right into the lineup he's ready to go he's top six i, I think his ceiling is, is definitely top six I, I think he should get some games this year this is not a guy that i'm concerned about though if he doesn't make it onto the team this year it does not say anything about him yeah. but yeah he has been really fun to watch because when he's been in the offensive zone he's been real interesting did you see that did you see that self-pass where he stole the puck and then just rocketed down the ice and then made that move behind the net. Well, first he skated, first he skirted the defender with a shoulder drop, went behind the net and made the goalie look ridiculous. I think it was against the Czech, I think it was the bronze medal game, where he just took over for that play. That's the kind of stuff that gets Bruins fans just very, very excited and very, very, very moist. So 
I understand the excitement there, but in terms of the run of play, in terms of the run of play, there are still some things he definitely does need to work on. Yeah, I mean, he's a kid. He, if, he needs seasoning and stuff like that. The point of Sean's call to me, it seemed like he's obviously excited. This entire fan base has a lot to be excited about. Name name the last time that we had this type of a player to be excited about at this stage in his career. Like Max yeah. yeah, I mean, you can make those arguments and look at who those fucking players are. So a lot to be excited about. Not going to not going to shade that at all. He's, he's saying five to ten games this season. Do I think that's possible? 110% I think that Absolutely. there's a chance that he comes up for those games. Does he stick? Probably not because even if he comes up and lights it up, he does need a lot of seasoning. He needs to figure out his frame. He needs to figure out the program, the program itself. Providence is going to be a great spot for him. He has a chance, talent-wise, to play himself out of Providence. But I Absolutely. need to see that first. We all need to see that first. Yeah. Throwing him right up and potentially getting his ass knocked down is not going to be good for his development. But going up for a couple of games, getting a fucking cup of tea with some really good players, whether it's alongside of a Krejci or alongside of a Bergeron or whoever, if he gets those top six minutes, which I think that's probably what they'll do. I don't think they're going to bring him in and give him a fourth line role for no. for three, four games. I think they're going to put him next to some, some talented guys. And I think that's the point. But... I got to see him in Providence a little bit first. I don't know when we're going to see him up in uh, in Boston, but I do. I did, Sean, I'll agree with you, man. I, I think five to 10 games is certainly possible. Mm -hmm. But again, lots to be excited about. No taking the shine off of this dude. He's been extremely fun to watch in the World Junior Classic. So. Watching him skate from a one-step start in a straight line is a treat. It's amazing he is so fucking fast he is so fast so let's uh let's jump to something where i do want to take a little bit of the shine off of the fan base mm -hmm. uh milan lucic has his name has been popped up way too much the last two weeks for my taste oh my god i'm gonna say it real simple the dude's older the dude's slow he was slow when he was here first of all love the player will always love this player if it was like a league minimum thing like a veterans minimum sure you take a flyer on him but i don't i don't understand the fascination of bringing this guy in because all he's going to do is take up somebody else's playing time and if whether that's a, a frederick who we're back and forth on of being fans or not but like you can't just take youth playing time away just to give to milan just so you have a, a quote unquote enforcer on look, love them. If it's a league minimum thing, it's to stash them. He gets minimal minutes and he doesn't even play every fucking night. I'm all about grabbing them, but we gotta, we gotta remove ourselves from the idea of just building up the mid two thousands, uh, in 2010 to 2012 fucking fantasy team here. We're, we're 10 years removed from this. So everybody's just got to calm down a little bit. I don't, I don't mean to shit on everybody's parade, but it's just, what are we actually thinking, guys? I think you just nailed everything. <laughs> I'm just, I, it's, Ian, what did you say? You go through every fan, every fans, uh, every individual team's Reddit, and you will, and set out a timer, and you will go less than five minutes before you say, we need toughness, we need toughness, we need toughness. Every team does this. 
Yeah. And that's, that's what this is. That's the only thing that the Bruins are too soft. They need Milan Lucic. I, I don't want to get older. I don't want to get slower. It's, and I'm frankly getting tired of a lot of Bruins fans going through their ex's Instagram in this case and pining for times gone by. I mean, yes, Bergeron and Krejci came back and that's fantastic, but they are still viable, productive players. I don't know if you can say the same for Milan Lucic, who is 36 years old now. 30, 34. 34. But he's 30, but he's 34 playing 34. a cliff style. Yeah. 34 playing a style that go that you get off the cliff real quick. So I'm Murphy was another one who peddled this rough, rough six months, Arian, huh? If uh, it really, I'm telling you, man, you go back to his tweets, you're like, oh man, this guy really has had a tough, tough few months there. If we were to have Lucic on a league minimum deal with zero pressure to actually play him, mm -hmm. I'd still not want him on this team. Really? I love Luch. I love my memories of Luch. I would love to have him back on the team as what he was. Leave but you know what alone. I don't want to do? I don't want to watch him be not what he was in my mind. That's like right. I see that on another team and I go, God, I love Luch. And I can say that if I see it on my team, I'm going to go, God, I really feel old. And this is bumming me out. Let me <laughs> hold on to my, my memories of wrecking ball Luch and not have them tainted, please. Just, yep. Just let me have that. There's a He's, reason that Calgary wants to dump him. Yeah. They wanted to dump him before they found a ticket from on. I mean, that contract was still, I mean, what is he making right now? Because it's got to be way more Six, than he should. Um, uh, Lucic or Monaghan? Lucic. Six million. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. And the most that you can retain is 50%. So, if a trade happens, you take on three million of Milan Lucic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing Bruins fans saying, oh, just trade fully, fully now. Okay. If Felino. it was that easy, Felino. it's if it was that easy to trade him, I don't think it would be for fucking Milan Lucic. But Feligno, Lou Feligno. Look, it's it's real simple when it, yeah, it's real simple when it comes to Milan. He is one of those rare players that will never get old in terms of uh, your your ability to have fandom towards this guy. Anybody wearing a Milan Lucic jersey at the Garden. Nobody looks fucking twice at him. You know what I mean? Like it is, he's forever embedded into this franchise and we will always have him as a Stanley cup champion. We will always love that dude. The idea of circling him into this nostalgia tour that this season uh, is, is looking to become uh, it. It just makes no sense. If you actually want to be a competitive hockey team. Correct. 100%. So, love the guy. We'll always love the guy don't necessarily need to see him in that sweater again, unless it's waving a fucking flag in the playoffs, standing in the stands, psyching up the rest of the teams, you know, like mm -hmm. you want to be yeah, that. I, guy, I, would, I would, I would love to have Lucic as a banner captain for the Stanley yeah. cup finals. Yeah. I would rule, but I don't want him on the ice. Yeah. And that's okay. Who do we want on the ice? Uh, probably not Andrew. His hips are gone. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I never learned how to skate properly, but I got a mean slapper. Mm -hmm. So probably not me either. <laughs> are, we, are you still talking about hockey? 
No, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hockey. That's what we were. What, what were you segueing into here, man? I don't know. I was kind of giving you guys the option to jump onto something, but I can use it as uh, I do want to see David Pasternak on the ice. <laughs> How are we sure. feeling at this moment? Andrew, do you want to talk about the, uh, the Anderson and Doloff stuff going on? So Ty Anderson and Don Sweeney have been in this weird slap fight for the last month, which stemmed from the opening free agent press conference where Ty Anderson asked Sweeney about if he and Pasternak had exchanged numbers. And Sweeney, to Anderson's credit, was a bit of a cock to him, um, saying that, uh, uh, no, we haven't, but if we do, I'll let you know. Kind of like a kind of real, real sarcastic, real sarcastic answer. And, uh, and then later um, saying, um, have you crunched the numbers in uh, trying to fit Pasternak, Pasternak into the fold? And he responded, and he responded, yeah, I would hope so. Like, but there was a Czech tabloid last week who had an interview with David Pasternak and there was a weird Google translation that it was a missed translation where so, where it was asked, do you see yourself, do, where do you see yourself um, going on in your career with the Bruins, go, going on in your career going forward? And he said, in nine years, I haven't won anything and I regret it. What he meant, and it's been confirmed that he meant this, was that it sucks that they missed the cup final in 2000, that they missed the cup final in 2019 and that he hasn't won anything. Not that he regrets his time in Boston, which is what Anderson ran with. And it turned it, it just, it's just turned into this whole thing where it's like, pasta is not coming back. Pasta is not coming back. Pasta doesn't want to come back here because of all of this. But I don't think that's the case. I think, I think just in negotiations, everybody's got to be cagey don't take a lot of things at face value with, with what people are saying. Cause you know, you can't lose any leverage. I get so disappointed by modern journalism just because I only know maybe eight people who speak different languages other than English and Spanish. And it would still probably take me only four minutes to find someone who could translate that interview better than what they got out of that don't use google like, translate like i just it's so easy to find someone that actually knows the language <laughs> look i'm not worried about the pasta situation until i have to be there's when do you have to be i have to be when the deadline is approaching okay good. that's when i get scared mm -hmm. so like that's that's all it is the the whole prospect of the 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 pasta crechi hall line is awesome they're keeping them together it seems to start the season which is pretty predictable i think because you don't want to piss off crechi right away but can i ask you guys something like so are we really confident are we a little scared about crechi like there was this thing when i was in new york when i landed like a decent audition like there's that excitement moment of like hell yeah and then immediately the nerves set in. We're like, oh, fuck. Now I got to actually perform in front of these people. So when we signed Krejci, it was like, hell yeah. And then, oh, fuck. What if he's not actually like what I think he's going to be anymore? Is anyone else just a little nervous right now? Just a little bit. I, I think mean, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I natural, know I'm still scared. Leave me alone. <laughs> I think it's natural no. regression. He's not going to be what he was three years ago. I don't need him to be three years ago. I don't need that. 
I just need him to be like almost sort of maybe in the ballpark. How about a year and a half ago when he was 44 points in 51 games? I don't even need that. If, I, if I'm getting like, if I'm getting 30 points in, in 51 games, I'm pretty happy. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you predicted 65, Ian. Um, how does that math work out? Hold on. If he's getting 38 points in 51 games, I'm pretty happy. Does that math work? It goes to 44. <laughs> Does that math work? I don't even know if that math works either. Fuck. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I, I, I think it's natural to have that apprehension, though, where none of us are what we were three years ago. We are all men in our 30s here, except for Ian, you bastard. Yeah, I'm just getting better with age, too. But at least you're keeping the line together. Like that's what's important here. Yeah. I like the, I, I like to say, I like what Monty is doing. I know it was probably a little tempting to put Hall with, with uh, Bergeron and DeBrusque, but Hall Krejci, Hall Krejci pasta. You consider that like the de facto first line to start the year, don't you? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it was Kevin O'Keefe who got on Twitter uh, I think that's who it was who kind of did this whole, like the crazy line is going to outscore the Bergeron line because of the injuries and everything. And I was like, you know what? That's, I mean, that's, that's not a crazy thing to say. Now we had a little no, back and not. forth about the power play stuff that he was talking about, but like, yeah, that I don't think that's weird. insane. If it was a fully healthy season, I'd be like, um, I have a hard time with that one, but I want this to be two lines that you're like, I don't know who the first line is. Mm-hmm. That's, in a good way, not like in yeah. an Arizona Coyotes way, but like in a good way. <laughs> I think that's certainly possible, though. But yeah, I actually, I kind of agree with Kevin. I think they're, I think the second line has the ability to be the better line, just just based on the talent and the health right off the bat. So yeah, just I think it's a, I think it's okay to be apprehensive about what Krejci is, and but don't kill the vibe, Ian. Come on. <laughs> I will be the bitch that kills the vibe as the song. So dramatic. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I, I do feel, I feel really good about where the team's at. The injuries are the big question mark. I ranked us, I want to say 11th or 12th in the way too early power rankings, just because there's too much of like uncertainty. You, you predicted they finished third in the uh, athletic division, which is still great. Wait, mm-hmm. Did I Toronto? Yeah. If you if you rank them, yeah, because Florida took a dive. That's right. Whoopsie doodle. (laughs) Lost a lot of talent there, kids. Mm -hmm. You guys want to talk about the lines? Yeah, let's do it. So at the Jimmy Fun Telephone, Monty confirmed the preseason opening lines will have Zaka at one L. All DK pasta together. What are we thinking? Huge opportunity for Pavel. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think it makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. So consider his last month where he signed that one-year deal. And in his press conference, he said he signed the one-year deal because he wanted to bet on himself. So you're giving a kid that's betting on himself, you're giving him first crack at the top line while Brad Marshall is out. That is a confidence booster if I ever saw it. Yeah. And even more than that, like you want to do right by the guy you just signed. You want to tell him like, we think you have potential. We think you belong here in the long run, Mm -hmm. but also look at who we have available, like who's healthy at the beginning. What else are you going to do 
if you made that promise to Krejci, like you have real wingers, like we're, we got you. Mm-hmm. So who else do you ch- toss up there? Right. You're not tossing Frederick up there. Yeah. That's an absolute no go. Do you put DeBrusk? Do you put DeBrusk up at the left side and then Smith at the and then Smith at the right and top of Bergeron? That's a actually really like the uh, chemistry that Bergeron and DeBrusk formed with DeBrusk on the right side, mm-hmm. and he was he was performing pretty well. Some of those goals were very lucky. Uh, people are still underrating that his resurgence had some really weird goals that found their way into the, you have that, to get yourself into the correct position that's fine yes and i totally agree you got to get to those areas but when they're bouncing off your body and going into the net you can't really be a you can't go the goal scorers touch with that one but no, that's just, only reserved for nick ritchie when it goes off his fucking moon ass well that's because it's eight feet wide i don't even know how they have equipment legal for him he's the vasilevsky of fucking forwards it's crazy i i just don't see another format that like thomas is saying it's the right decision because who else are you putting on the first left wing if hall is on the second line uh maybe merkulov like you want to get crazy that would be fun that would be fun that would also be the tankier (laughs) i would have a raging heart on the entire game if merkulov was on the top line (laughs) i would be so excited and then devastated by how awful it looked no and then patrice bergeron be like what are you doing please join me and the other side of the puck before uh before the game starts i would have convinced myself to bet on rikulov having a hat trick that game i would have convinced mm-hmm. myself to do it and it would have and then he's benched halfway through the second period with seven minutes of ice time that's actually better uh better than i think would happen <laughs> <laughs> but no i i think the lines are going to be i think that's a good setup for the lines i think we're gonna have a lot of conversation about that and it's going to really obviously ramp up for um for the camp and then preseason a lot can still change i'm I'm curious how the health stuff goes with a lot of these guys though i gotta i gotta ask though any surprise that it's pavel zaka first left wing i didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it well i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering because i had assumed that that was probably earmarked for debrusque so yeah but it's back to the back to what i said that like i like the chemistry that DeBrusque had with Bergeron on that first line on the right side. And I know Marcia was part of that. I just, I think they liked what they saw there. I didn't spend a ton of time thinking about the lines because I didn't want to get way ahead of myself because we're still so far out. But this just kind of what I heard. I was just like, oh yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Especially when you want to keep that second line intact. What do you think Zaka could provide for that line? For check. If he uses his size correctly, which Devils fans will tell you he doesn't. So like, I'll believe them. But he, him and DeBrusque should be getting in on plays early. The best scenario would be DeBrusque getting there first. Yes. And then Zaka being a secondary support. Mm. Yeah. I well, genuinely think I genuinely think DeBrusque is the biggest wild card this year when it comes to what this team will end up being. Mm-hmm. Like I, oh, I think this is this is going to be his biggest professional year. And I think a lot of the success of the team, especially early on, hinges on a player like him. If you tell me that he's going to score somewhere between 27 and 30 goals, I say we make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the kind of like, there's no way that DeBrusque is almost at 30 and we're not like a good team because you have Bergeron and you have Marchand eventually. And you have that be considered secondary scoring since he's on the top line or no. He'd just be one of your top six. He'd be one of your guys. Mm-hmm. 
you still will still call it secondary scoring because yeah. it's yeah. depressing. Yeah. But to make us feel better when Charlie Coyle goes on his yearly slump, mm-hmm. <laughs> when Pasternak goes on his yearly slump, but don't, don't don't talk about that. He's gonna do no, it. He's gonna. He's not gonna go on his yearly slump. It's a contract year, baby. No, he's gonna have eleven <laughs> games where he just doesn't. He misses the net. He breaks every stick. He has eighteen turnovers per period, and then he's gonna score thirty goals over the next twenty-two games. It's going to be incredible. God, you could set up from your lips to, to God's thing. ears. I mean, it's not like any Bruins fan heard that and went, oh my God, that's such a ridiculous take. Every <laughs> no. single one of them is nodding right now. No, I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying as in you're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, World Juniors. World Juniors. So we talked about Lisel. But who was your favorite out of the three prospects that the Bruins Bruins had? It was Liesel, Lachmilis, and Riley Duran. The right answer is Duran, but Lachmilis is just my guy. So, like, I'm just going to stick with him. So, <laughs> He's just my guy. I wrote, for my, for my notes, I, I also wrote Lachmilis. And the reason is, like, he's... He's got more. He's got more skill than than we know. Than we let on. Than we let on. He's got more skill, and he's and he he sticks his nose in the dirty areas. He's a little faster. He's a little quicker than we thought. Um, he's actually a pretty fun player to watch, and he was a part. He was a good part of Latvia making it to the quarters for the first time ever in World Juniors history. So I really like I really liked Lachmilis. I really liked Lachmilis. Duran had a fantastic World Juniors, and he's really, really stepped up his stock in the last year or so. He's so blue collar, like it hurts. Like yeah. it's somehow just you watch him play, and you go, "Man, I am gassed just like yeah watching you." Like my shoulders hurt from all the contact that I'm watching. Like I'm, I'm out of breath. I might just be having a stroke. Hold on. No, I'm good. Okay. It's just, it's just watching the direct. He works his ass off. And then every buddy who talks about him, it's like, man, he literally shows nothing that you'd be like, holy shit, this guy's an elite talent. Other than the fact that he works harder than everybody else. Hard work and stability. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. Carhartt shit. Being Carhartt from shit. Luburn, I'm really <laughs> surprised that he actually embodies that. <laughs> yeah. You might be surprised. They didn't show a lot of uh, World Juniors while I was in France. I didn't really catch a lot. Um, That's fair. So neither one of those players were necessarily guys that I'm going to see a lot of highlights on. Um, But I did read a lot about Duran having an excellent tournament. I've tried to go back and watch as much as possible, but it's been a uh, it's been a rough week trying to catch up on everything. But if you want an idea of what of what people think of Duran, go to the Athletic and read Scott Wheeler's article about him. It is mm-hmm. a really cool deep dive, and you and you will end that article being like ready to run through a wall with him because everybody is like, "This guy will. This guy doesn't quit." Which he doesn't quit. The reality of this, though, is he's a bottom he, six filler. Let's be yes. Honest. He but, likely still has a ceiling that's below NHL player, but he keeps kind of going higher faster than we expect. So, like, it, it, there's at least a hope there with him. 
if he ends up as a bottom six forward, that is a fantastic, fantastic value for a sixth round pick. Oh, absolutely. Anything past the third round that ends in the NHL, you're kind of like, I'll take it. Absolutely. Like, what Oscar Steen is now is a fantastic value. And he was also a sixth round draft choice. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. Um, which is actually a really decent segue to draft choices and prospect rankings that were Andrew wants to be upset about it again. <laughs> well, I, well, to be fair, this time I can fight a URL and not a JPEG. That's not, that doesn't make this better at all. Lay out your case, <laughs> lay out your case because my response is just going to bum you out. Well, your response is going to be, I don't care. And I don't care that you don't care. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem that I have with it though, is that, Yes, they were last. Whatever. Fine. I, I've, I've resigned myself to the fact that 27 through 32 may not be a huge, is probably not going to be a huge deal in the grand scheme of things. There's like a certain sting with finishing in last, though. You know what I mean? But he had Johnny Beecher over Mason Lorai in his rankings. He had Lorai graded as a poor skater, which... If you watch him, what are you watching? He has Lisell's compete level at below NHL average, and he didn't even mention about three quarters of the system. He just mentioned those three players and then like Michael Callahan. Because <laughs> he thinks nothing of the rest of the system. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Which I think, which I think is which I think is kind of disingenuous. It kind of makes it makes me feel like he's not. I'm waiting for Wheeler rankings. Wheeler, yeah, no, no, he watches more uh, prospect tape than every member of BNG combined. <laughs> he does, he does. But I, but I don't, I, I don't. Some of these rankings made me seriously question what he's looking at. Not the rankings, but like the the, the where the he ranked them. Yeah. To be fair, Beecher raised his stock a lot recently, um, just by the work he's put in and what we've seen. I think a little recently. bit of that is the hype machine. I really it very much might be. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Laura, I, I, I wouldn't say he's a phenomenal skater. I was surprised to see it ranked as, as poor, but he's like, a very good skater for somebody who is six foot five. But see, there's a difference between, Hey, you're a really good skater for a guy who's six, five. And Hey, you're a really good skater. Uh, <laughs> I, I, pouring it, pouring it. So here's the thing. What were we ranked uh, before the draft? 28th, something like that? 29th. Okay. And then we had a draft without a first-round pick again. And the Patois pick was not a super popular one amongst most analysts. And then we started to have some nicer picks down down in the lower rounds. Mm -hmm. If you basically, from the eyes of someone who watches prospects, if they see you do a draft where your best pick was in the third round – you didn't do anything that draft. <laughs> and so no wonder we fell from 29 to 32. You already said it. Who cares if we're 27 or 32? We have a poor system because we don't have a ton of star power. We just don't. We, have we do have a poor system. But again, I think it's, it's, it's a pride thing. 32nd being last, there's a, there's a hurt there. Yeah, I was, I'm sorry we've been competitive for, for 13 years. I'm sorry. Yeah, Andrew. longer than that. It's been 15 now. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. No, I, I, I feel like there's no reason to get upset about it. And I feel like Pronman makes a lot of good points about some of these guys. And you just want to believe that he's wrong about a couple of them. Mm-hmm. The, the him saying Lee Sell is a middle six guy. Yeah, that's, but that feels like a really safe 
really, really safe thing to say about it. Mm-hmm. To not say top six just feels like you're like, yeah, I said he was a middle six guy. Like, come on. It's, it feels like he will choose the tier but, below just a little bit to make sure that he doesn't seem that wrong. Yeah, that's hedging. It is hedging. That's yeah. a little bit. But the, the Beecher over, over Lorai and Lorai being a poor skater kind of really chafed me about it. Less so than the ranking itself. Okay. All that's right. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. And I'm, 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 I'm less, I'm less likely to fight this URL than I was that, that uh, particular JPEG because that particular JPEG didn't take any hockey into account. This one at least took hockey. Into account. I literally have already forgotten what JPEG we're talking about. And no, I don't want a reminder. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go into the abyss. It's just gone forever for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> i don't know what you thought <laughs> do we want to talk about other rankings i don't know we could no no um so ian you're wearing a flames jersey i am wearing a flames jersey guess who went there um nazim kadri did i ruin it was i not supposed to guess the right answer <laughs> you bitch sorry <laughs> Milan Lucic. <laughs> no, Johnny Gaudreau got traded back. Yeah, uh, uh, man, Flames had the weirdest offseason, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, they really did, even without that. Yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think of the Flames swooping in and grabbing him from the Islanders? I am genuinely like, I am not going to play coy on this. I was genuinely on the team of like, Kadri is an Islander for sure. Mm-hmm. And the I said it once, I'll say it again. Lula Marillo should have his Jack Adams stripped from him. Yep. Jack Adams. 100%. Well, his, uh, his, um, his, uh, executive of the year, I think. And I think I called it a Jack Adams last time too. I'm an idiot. The executive of the year, that needs to get pulled from him immediately. Do you know what his biggest acquisition was this offseason? season? Romanoff. Woo. Technically. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Alexander woo. Romanoff. <laughs> Fucking good for the Islanders. Yeah, I, guys, I'm so I'm so Islanders fans. I, I know there there are a few Islanders fans that listen. Shout out to Duff. I am so sorry for what Lou has done this off. Even even if they this. got Kadri, it wouldn't have saved their off season. It, it would still would have been a bad off season. Yeah, it would have been. I think it would have been a significant step forward at the very least. Well, obviously, you put a player of that caliber on your team. That's fine. But otherwise, that team failed miserably all offseason. Mm-hmm. All offseason. Yes. Actually, there's Islander nothing fans to are be getting, happy about. Islanders fans are getting exactly what they deserve. <laughs> We're underrated. No one takes us seriously. Well, we finally took you seriously and you shit all over yourselves. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. But we had injuries. I don't care. Your team average age is like 49. Like, I, what did you expect? <laughs> you had a 925 save percentage from Sorokin last year and you didn't make the playoffs. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> like, what well, did you do? So in defense of the Islanders, in defense of the Islanders, Ian, Zdeno Chara kind of skewed that average age, seeing as he's 128. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good How point. do you guys feel about the fit of Kadri on the Flames? I love it for them. Me too. I think oh, yeah. the contract is asinine. It's ridiculous. Uh, but look, I think the Flames realized, all right, well, we probably have two to three years to win a cup. And if we don't, all of this blows up in our face real bad. 
and it's gonna do it with Kadri or without Kadri, so might as well bring him into the fold. Yeah, yeah. Good for them. I hope they stay competitive. I think there still will be a good team for sure. Like you they said have that they were a worse team now. They are absolutely a worse team now than they were last year. But that okay. does not mean they can't win a cup because last year they were a really good team that could have won a cup. The Avalanche just, well, and they also lost their bitter rivals, which had to sting. Mm-hmm. Oof. No, they not only lost to their bitter rivals, their bitter rivals kicked the shit out of them. McDavid went nuclear. And sometimes you literally just have to go, hey, the best player in the world just decided to be the, be the best, best player, player in the world. world. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do when he does that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, if he continued that kind of stuff against, uh, against the abs, that was, that series would have been a real conversation. I don't know. Like that's, that's the kind of thing that McDavid can do. They're just destroying his career in Edmonton. Although they had a decent offseason, I guess. That's saying that's now it's karmic retribution for signing Evander Kane, um, and then re-signing him. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Not only signing and re-signing him. Yeah, but I, I, I want to go back doubling and, down on that shit. <laughs> exactly. I want to go back and say I am. I am not going to correct myself. I am shocked that Kadri was not an Islander. I really believe that he was. I think he was like, I, I, I honestly believe there was a contract ready to go. And then the, the Islanders. And then it went up the flames in flames. Like, yeah. And then the flames were like, we will offer you 500. It went up in flames. Thomas, it's the name of the team. <laughs> Thomas, Thomas sidebar. Look, can we fire him? I'm, I'm getting really sick of that shit. <laughs> flames. Oh, Ian, you've done it again. You sure have, buddy. I'm devolving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. But yeah, I just I think there was a deal there because apparently they couldn't make the money work, which tells me tell me there was a contract there, but it wasn't to the money that Kadri wanted. Well, seven years, seven million. <laughs> well, that's well. It's like the uh, like the Tampa Bay argument when Tampa Bay signed everybody to eight year extensions. You worry about these contracts in year five, four or five. Yeah. So, and you know what? Maybe I should give Lou a little bit of a break. I'm not mad at Lou for not signing the Cadre seven for seven. I'm just disappointed that you haven't done Dick. You didn't do anything. You Chuck Fletchered it. Is that a thing now? Can we just? Nope. It's a thing. It's oh, a verb. excellent. All right, great. It's a verb. Great. Thomas, are you big on the Flames next year, or are you thinking that they got worse too? Uh, I think they're. I don't think any change really. Really, think you think they're, they're gonna, just about the same? I think they're they're going to end up pretty much the same. Interesting. I and you know what? It's a team that I don't mind rooting for. Same because I'd they're say same. they're inconsequential to to us typically. Um, Unless we go to the finals. Yeah. Great, great, great jerseys too. Oh, mm. Excellent. Yeah. I love yeah. the Flames jerseys. Yep. Um, but honestly, Kadri going there kind of feels like a nothing move to me. Mm. We're not going to see a lot of him. We're not going to see, we're not going to have to deal with it. So it's, it almost, I'm, I'm glad he didn't go to the Islanders because even though I think the Islanders, even with Kadri still would have been shit, but we would have had to have dealt with it a little bit more. Mm. And, right. and a one, two punch of like a Kadri and uh, Jesus Christ, what the fuck's his name? Huberto? No, Islanders. Barzal? Barzal. Barzal. There you go. A, a one-two punch of, of getting smacked in the tits by, by Kadri and Barzal <laughs> would have, it just wouldn't have been that fun for me. I mean, as long as Barzal doesn't run Carlo from behind, like that's, I mean, that's yeah. your problem solver right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
I will never forgive that. Anyway, no. it's fine. No, neither will I. Matthew Barzal is overrated. Anyway, um, <laughs> Zach Senishin is better than Matthew. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Sorry, whoops. Did I did I two thousand fifteen it? My bad. Yes, he did. Can uh, can I bring this down a peg? Sure. I feel like this guy needs to be mentioned. The Carey Price news this week mm. is a massive bummer as a hockey fan. I don't give a fuck who he played for, who he didn't play for. It's a bummer because he's a talent that we don't see that talent come around very often. And to the Bruins credit, he didn't really do much to us. So we don't have a lot of reason to hate him necessarily, but this is a bummer for, for the sport of hockey. Hey, what, what's your take? Hey, what, what's your initial reactions with the news? I'm disappointed. Genuinely. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the most overrated goalies of all time. Mm-hmm. And he's still a hall of famer. Yep. Like, <laughs> what a what a what, what a dichotomy that is, huh? No, it really like, is. Though. Am like, I wrong? That's how good and at the same time not good. I mean, you could you could also make that argument for like a Tuca, where it's like this dude's a guaranteed Hall of Famer, but was he really that good? You know, like you those arguments can be made for either guy. But I I see what your point is. But yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Carey Price actually, is a Hall of Famer. You actually kind of hurt my feelings with that one. A yeah, little bit, yeah, I had to, I had to, I had to knock you down a peg because we're trying to talk nice about Carey Price, and you're over here still, still going for one more jab on the poor fucking guy right now. You're right. God, I should be ashamed <laughs> of myself. Well, well, I'm not, well, I'm about to go for the jugular on his team, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, he's a Hall of Famer. I'm bummed. Uh, it was going to be fun to watch him this year because his team's still not a threat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, which again, I think Andrew was going to capitalize on that whole history of Carey Price. But oh more than anything, I feel this is like the Robin Leonard stuff. I feel bad for the man because Carey Price, of all the things you could say about him on the ice, was a is a he's not dead is a great human being. It's just a good dude all around. And mm-hmm. it's a huge bummer for the sport. The sport needs more good people. Uh, yeah, it's just, it sucks. It really does fucking suck. And uh, for those who don't know, I'll just, I'll, I'll catch it up real quick. Um, Ken, uh, General Manager Ken Hughes came out, um, I think it was three, four days ago, and said uh, the diagnosis on Carey Price's knee is not encouraging and he will miss this season and potentially will have to retire. And you go back to that weird ass Stanley Cup run that has left a trail of bodies yes. in its wake. The two mm-hmm. the two biggest bodies that organization had. Shea Weber and Carey Price, that run left a trail of destruction for them. And uh, as a hockey fan, you feel for it. As a Bruins fan, fuck the Habs. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I would rather beat the Habs with Carey Price and Net rather than Montembeau, you know? Yeah. Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau drive the tank, baby. I <laughs> honestly forgot Jake Allen still existed. He's going to get traded, right? Got to be. Vegas. There it is. No, no, there's there's they're starting the season with Laurent Brassot and Logan Thompson as their goalie. Team. Yes, they are starting the season with that. They are <laughs> ending the season with Jake Allen and Brassot, probably. <laughs> Flip that. So fuck the Habs, because of all this nice stuff that we are saying about Carey Price, they 
as a organization, as a team building around a Hall of Fame, still overrated, but Hall of Fame, Ian Goldman. <laughs> I did a little digging about the uh, about the Habs drafting. And first of all, the Habs drafting in the last since the year 2000 has been objectively one of the worst in the NHL. If you go down the rabbit hole of hockey DB, you see some you see some never was and some busts aplenty. But you go down the statistical rabbit hole. Played Carey Price in his entire career played with an 80 point winger. One time, Alex Kovalev, 84 points in 2008. Played us with 70-point forward once, Max Domi, 72 points in 2019. Max Domi had 72 points in a season. I forgot about that. The highest scoring forward drafted by the team in Carey Price's time, Max Pacioretty, 67 <laughs> points twice in 2017 and 2015. Do you want to take a take a stab on who the next highest point total was for a drafted Habs? Drafted Habs. Oh my God, that's I'm not I'm not even gonna waste your time. There's no way I'm getting this. Thomas, you got a guess? No clue. PK Subban, really? A defenseman. Interesting. Sixty points in 2015. That's a trick. Subban was so good in his prime. God. But they gave him nothing. They gave him nothing. The, the, the team building is just, was just, it's just shocking. And it, and it really, my heart goes out to you, man. I'm sorry that you had to waste your career and ultimately have your career cut off with such a downtrodden, shit here toilet seat logo having organization i apologize on behalf of some bruins fans i know most of them probably will say fuck you don't do that but they fucked him man they really really screwed him yeah you love to see it i mean hate you love to hate it hate seeing love it he also like you can also say like well he took the 10.5 million dollar contract which, um, his fucking fault. Yes, brother, get that money. And right. that was in 2018. It's not like it's not like his entire career was one eighth of the cap. Mm-hmm. I mean, or actually, what was I don't know what the salary cap was in 2017. So someone might be like, well, actually, <laughs> he was getting six point five back then too. Um, he made a ton of money in his career. Um, uh, we don't know that his career is over for sure, but this is a team that has never done right by Carey Price outside of giving him all the money that he could he could hold. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty decent consolation prize. I never wanted to see this guy win a cup. He went to the finals, like, good for him. It is, it is genuinely something that you look at all that and go, damn, like that, if that was me, I, I'd be having some tough conversations behind closed doors with some people in power. Now, well, all the people in power in that heyday are gone now. Maybe, maybe Carrie Price is a GM killer. Are we trying to start that narrative? Somebody write an article. 
<laughs> did Carrie did, did, did Carrie Price ultimately lead to the firing of Mark, of Mark Bergevin? In my column, I will explore. Someone do me a favor and listen to ninety eight five tomorrow and see if they run with that. <laughs> they don't and, uh, and, and, and if you are able to survive that without your ears bleeding out, without your brain bleeding out of your ears, kudos. Well, the problem is falling asleep during the nine minutes of commercials between every four minute segment. That's really the issue there. It's like watching football, really. I like watching football, although I sleep great during football. Yeah, I I sleep excellent during it. I am an old 29. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I I make all kinds of food, get get myself all excited. And then by the end of the first quarter, I'm like, I could probably take a nap. And then I catch the last 10 minutes of the game and I'm done. Yeah. Yep. Yep. God, we are we are old. Yeah, you this actually have an excuse. Up, you're not even thirty. It doesn't matter. I do the same thing, and I don't even have a kid. <laughs> I'm just like a I'm like a regular dude. A yeah. Regular dude. I don't have a kid, so I'm a regular. I'm just dude. a regular dude. <laughs> I'm just a regular dude, bro. Hello, fellow old people. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> for those who don't, for those who didn't see it, Ian just dabbed on camera. <laughs> I didn't, but I actually had the thought. <laughs> like I really thought. About it. Uh, uh, yeah. I hope the Habs lose forever. I hope they get another <laughs> franchise goalie and just spend another decade fucking them. <laughs> the worst record in NHL history is the 1972-73 Washington Capitals who finished the year 867 and 5. Incredible, by the way, will never be broken. Will it? Oh no, 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 no. Go Habs. No, there's no way. No, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna make that, that yeah, kind of are you gonna really make that type of prediction uh, after falling on your fucking face with Buffalo last year? Which by the way, there are at least two teams far worse than the Habs next year. Arizona. Yep. And Chicago. Chicago. Holy shit, Chicago. By the time the trade deadline comes, Kane and Taze should be gone. I can't believe one of them isn't gone already. I, I From what the most recent reports were that neither of them wanted to be traded until the deadline because they want a better positioning for like contenders and such because they want to win. Like you don't want to jump in early in the season and then your team falls apart and you're like, oh. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair, I guess. But they have all the ability to decide where they go to. Yeah. Like it looks like the organization's just gonna be like, you guys pick the spot and hopefully they'll give us some money. Yeah. Or we are we're gonna have like a Claude Giroux situation where we are going to have a Taylor Hall Claude Giroux situation for sure. <laughs> At least for Kane. Tay is my yeah. people. We'll give you some pocket lint and a fifth round pick. Um, deal. Whose pocket? <laughs> Cliff Fletcher's. <laughs> Wait, that's his only trade asset. <laughs> uh, I feel that's the fan base I feel the worst for right now. Is Philly I know. Still. Like, I don't feel bad for Philly because fuck them, but like, d- dude, if my GM did that, I would question my entire fandom. Like, but, hey, I wake but, up. But, and- but Ian, he didn't do anything. What is Chuck Fletcher's yearly, like, salary? We don't know, but it's a lot. I think we do know, actually. I think it's public. No, I'm sure it is. I just, we don't, I'm not going to look it up. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. 
I bust my ass to be able to afford my little crappy house with with my little wall of jerseys. And I'm just doing my best out here. And I have to work all day, like every day. And this guy just decided not to do his job for the most important part of the year. And then everyone was just like, all right, we're still going to root for you, though. Like, cool. Legacy hire, man. Welcome to the NHL. Oh, I didn't want to do my job. It's hard. Yeah. All right. Uh, We got anything else we want to talk about? We got a couple of things. I do. We we talked about this real quickly before we started recording. And I say we go ahead and touch on it while it's topical. Uh, NHL shop leaked some photographs of some T-shirts that clearly look like they're kind of hinting at what teams and specifically what logos will be used for the reverse retros this year. And it looks like Pooh Bear will be showing up on a white jersey this year. What do you guys think of Pooh Bear? I have my thoughts. I'll get to it in a second. But we'll start with Ian because Ian's the jersey guy. I'm so disappointed right now. Like, gross. I am absurdly pumped. And I'm bummed. Because I do not have any money and I'm going to the Winter Classic <laughs> and that's like all my money. I'm saving money to be able to buy a jersey at the Winter Classic. Like I'm literally like saving chains. Like I'm going to be able to get one. Mommy's going <laughs> to let me borrow 20 bucks uh, and I'm going to get one at the arena. So it's going to be even It'll be worse. about 120th away from a jersey with that 20 bucks. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. It's going to be absurd. And now I know I have to also get a Pooh Bear. The Pooh Bear Reverse Retro, but I gotta get it customized, and my Reverse Retros from last season aren't customized, and I'm just really excited, but I'm kind of having a crisis now. This is that is the most first world problem screen mm. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I can't afford actually. the poo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm over the moon about this. I am so excited about the Pooh Bear. I know there's a very loud contingent of Bruins fans who hate the Pooh Bear. Shout out to Mark Allred. He very much hates the Pooh Bear. Mm-hmm. I love the Pooh Bear. I think it's fantastic. I was clamoring for it in the last reverse retro. I'm glad we're getting it in this one. And like you said, Thomas, we're not only getting the, uh, the Pooh Bear, we're getting a Pooh Bear on white. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Is I Mark just, I, more of a meth bear guy? No, I'm a Pooh Bear no, he's, he's like me. He likes the classics. Mm-hmm. Oh, give me, okay. give me the like seventy-five kind of like yeah. yeah I get Love you. it. Mm-hmm. I grew. I, that's. I mean, that's what I grew up on. Give me, give me what Cam was wear, wearing, and I'm happy. So Pooh Bear means nothing to me. It has never meant anything to me. I'm not going to sit here and shit on the idea of people getting it and getting excited because it is what it is. It's if you guys want to get stoked on it, that's totally, totally fine. Cool looking jersey means nothing to me. I'm not going to be buying it. Uh, I like the classics and I'm still way more excited to see what they come out with for the winter classic. That's the jersey that I would concentrate on uh, in mm-hmm. terms of where my money would go. Um, but again, like a lot of people like the Pooh Bear, a lot of people are excited about it. And if that's what they want, that's what they want. Not going to, not going to sit here and dump on anybody about it. Can you imagine if the Bruins get this like beautiful heritage looking Jersey with like all sorts of history and nods to history and like, you know, the tie and the, the foam material and all of that. And then right in the crest is a meth bear for the winter. Classic. 
I would be drooling. I'd buy them out. I'd go in debt. I'd, 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 I would just get so many of these and I would <laughs> cover my home in it. I would cover the exterior of my home in them. Like I would, I, I'd buy a van and just cover the van with these meth bear jerseys and drive meth, around. No, not just meth how bear many jerseys. Miles. I meth would play bear. a game. <laughs> Meth Bear Heritage Winter Classic with like the, you know, the classic look, the off-white. <laughs> It'd be great. I'd play a game where I'd cover, I'd actually, let's just, just paint this, this van as the Meth Bear. And I'd see how far I could drive down any given road without getting pulled over. And like, I, I figure we'll get like maybe a mile, maybe two miles before I get pulled over for no reason. Yeah. No, you're going to get pulled over because they're going to wonder why you're not registered. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Meth bear should never be a center crest, like a main chest crest. No, Ever. I absolutely agree. But what I yeah, but <laughs> um, I, I I would still love to see it on on a shoulder for the Winter Classic if they go the '80s route, the early '90s route uh, for for the Winter Classic. Here's the would, problem. Would be fine if it shows up, but that that logo should never be on the center of a patch. And and the the doofus bear, the poo bear, it's, I, I it, it literally is. It's the slow bear. It's, you say Cam Neely did wear that jersey. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Here's yeah. the problem: if the meth bear is the center center crest, right? It's automatically the kind of jersey that you have to wear with no pants, no underwear. Yep. Like that's, it's just that vibe to it. And no one's happy at that point. Either that or a pair of shorts. That's like the fuck Jerry soda cup, blue yeah. swizzle. You know what I'm talking about? It's got that's like the only it's pair of shorts or pants that you could wear with the Met Fair Santa Crest jersey. Yeah, and then you got the hole, you got the hole in the middle for your pud. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I am. Um, I know what my outfit is when I <laughs> meet you guys now. <laughs> I would wear the shit out of a meth bear center crest jersey. I just want you guys to know that. That's because look at what you're wearing right now. You wear all kinds of stupid ass jerseys. Oh, come on. Do not disblasty. This is a classic. You, you love the ugly jerseys though. Yes, I do. I have a mustard cat. Yes, I do. <laughs> I actually kind of like the mustard because also, we have uh, bad taste. Also <laughs> behind you, Ian. Behind you, Ian, is the Oilers sprocket. That's going to be the reverse yeah, of the Oilers that's as coming. well. Yep, the oil drip. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, about let's, too. A let's let's do a couple of shout outs and get out of here. Hmm. Let's do it. Andrew, go ahead. All right. Want to do a quick shout out to now former Bruins PA announcer Steve Forney, who has decided to step away from his duties at the Garden. Um, to focus on family and teaching. Uh, best of luck in your future endeavors, Steve. You are an absolute legend of a human, and you are one of the, if not my favorite interview yeah, on he was, this show. He was, he was one of my favorite guests. I had a great time talking to him. Well, we'll get him on again at some point this season and talk a little bit of bees. But yeah, like when he was on the show, I... He was very accommodating and he was, it was just a good time talking to him. So I, I definitely him, echo that. Yeah. We got him the morning after game one against the Isles after he had done the game. And when the fans came back. Yep. When the fans came back and he traveled three hours the other way back. <laughs> yep. 
I believe he lives near Springfield. I, I think that's somewhere in that area. Yeah. More, and, I think a little bit more West, but yeah. And even, even then he was saying this commute's killing me, man. Yep. <laughs> no, I mean, he can, the groundwork was kind of laid, but man, it, like he said, what a fucking dream job. And to be able to do it for a couple of years is, is amazing. And it's something that he'll never, he'll never forget. And he did an excellent job with it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, right. it's, it's tough to do it. And he's got other things going on. I, his kids are the same age as mine. So it's, I trust me, I, I understand how much, uh, pressure and, uh, mental challenge you go through being away from your kids for certain times, uh, whether it's just wanting to be around your kid or, or just the pressure that it puts on your wife and, and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. uh, hats off to him. He made, he made the right decision. We'll have him on here again soon. But uh, but yeah, congratulations and uh, best of luck for everything going forward for uh, for Mr. Steve Forney. Absolutely. And another quick shout out to a listener of the pod uh, who is also my boss, Ryan, who has been had a very scary couple of months. He had a newborn son born 10 weeks premature and wasn't sure if he was going to make it for a little bit. But he's coming home. This is coming out Friday. He's coming home today. So shout out to shout out to ryan and shout out to his son zach with two k's named after zach wild nice um, and uh we have to make sure that uh ryan's wife hears that part because she's apparently still apprehensive about adding the extra k <laughs> when mistakes but, are made but hey you gotta live with them now <laughs> no no it's it's zach with two k's and i i, I agree wholeheartedly with this decision and <laughs> man sh- just just Terror, it's just absolutely terrifying as a parent. I wouldn't know, but shout out to you for just keeping your head up and always having that trademark sense of humor that you've had and just you just kept going. So, yeah, that's out, out of this me. world toughness. That's yeah. that's toughness beyond, yep. beyond yep. any level that I know. Yep. He's coming home today and he, by all accounts, he seems to be doing just fine. So, shout out. Awesome. huge yeah. shout out to, to Zach. And, uh, and one more, uh, I'm sure some of you guys probably saw on social media, uh, Mark's father, uh, Mark BNG, his father's dealing with some, uh, some cancer issues right now. Uh, I did actually see that the prognosis was a little bit better than originally thought. So oh, already good. things are oh, already great. things are trending upward. Uh, but he, he does have some work ahead of him. So shout out to, uh, Mark Allred senior, uh, and best of luck with his battle. And obviously, shout out to Marky itself and the whole family uh, to be strong here for him. Yeah, so, best wishes that family too. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Uh, anybody got anything else? Uh, we we kind of ended it on a little bit of a little bit of a, a sincere moment there. Uh, but guys, I just I'm, I'm loving that we're back and, and I'm really excited about what's to come because things are going to be ramping up here real soon. We got I disappear for a month. couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm in London for a couple of weeks in the middle of September. Nice. Uh, so you guys, the listeners, will finally get a break from me, um, which they've earned, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, you're, 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 you're not an official member of the pod yet. We've, oh. we established this earlier. The, God, earlier the again. longest guest ever. Like, just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I'm just pumped. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to get back to it. I'm, I'm dreading the schedule. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ian. Don't you fucking dare come back sick as a dog. 
Dude, I'm ironclad. Other than COVID and my girlfriend dying from every disease known to man, like we are <laughs> weird. You know, other than that, I'm fine. Other than yeah. that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? I'm doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> Go me! Go me! All right, boys. Have a good night. Love you guys. Missed you guys. Missed you guys so much. Bye. Hello, boys. This is James, your Bruins fan in Buffalo. Twitter handle at sign Mrs. underscore Nesbitt eight seven. And give me a Woo! We got Bergie! Woo! The boys are back in town, baby!